What's up, everybody? Brennan here, coming to you before the episode. Wanted to throw it out there. I appreciate everybody listening. Um, I really do. I appreciate it more than you know. Subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends. I hope this podcast is helping you if you're going through a tough time or making you laugh, if you're bored at work or just, you know, I I just hope you're listening. I'm just glad you're listening. Um, If you are hearing this, then you are listening to the regular feed. This is now going to start coming out on Friday. Um, I did start a Patreon for the podcast. If you want to um, support that way, that would be awesome trying my hardest to get out of this goddamn restaurant life so I can focus more on the podcast and comedy. Um, Got a bunch of shows coming up, but trying to do that work-life balance right now and got to still work that that regular job. So um, if you want to support, you can go to patreon.com slash Brennan Tassif. You'll find the podcast there. It's the same cover art, so you'll recognize it. $5 a month will get you the episodes earlier and get you a bonus episode every month with uh, me and uh, probably Savannah or a random guest or moving forward in the future, hopefully some of you. Um, If you do $15 a month, that's the only other tier that is to become an an official drinking buddy of mine, ex-drinking buddy of mine. Um, and with that one, you'll get the bonus episode. You will get earlier. You will get the podcast earlier. And and after six months at that level, we're going to do a mini ex-drinking buddy. You and me, whoever's on that level. Thomas Kennedy, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you, Tom Kennedy, who's on that level right now. Um, huge shout out. Uh, also, Joe Dorville, my very first Patreon ever. Um, so enjoy the episode. I hope you guys um, are loving it. You know, shoot me an email, uh, shoot me a DM, subscribe, rate, review. You know, you know the deal. Anyway, thank you again so much for listening and enjoy. Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up because he didn't sober it up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tassib is your ex-drinking buddy. Brandon Tassib is your ex-drinking buddy. Brandon Tassib is your ex-drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you are new to the show, I'll give you a quick rundown of the show. One of my favorite things to do when I used to drink and party and do drugs was to hang out with friends and shoot the shit and share drinking stories, party stories, getting in trouble stories. I am now sober, but I still love to hang out with people and do that same thing. So that's what this podcast is all about. I will sometimes do a solo show every once in a while, but normally I will have a guest to share in the drinking stories. And today is no different. I am joined by comedian, podcaster, life enthusiast, <laughs> Dean Nimick. What's going on, man? Doing good, man. Feeling good. It's, uh, it's been great the past few days here in Jacksonville. The weather's been nice, so been soaking it all in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Dean, you do comedy. You do stand-up comedy. I do. And then you also have a podcast. Go ahead. Plug that. Plug everything up front. Yeah, get it out of the way. Um, at Dean Nimick on Instagram. I think it's Jerron Nimick on Facebook. Uh, mostly Instagram stuff. Um, and then we got the Relatables podcast, which is soon to be the Grey Pride 
podcast. All right, so we're doing we're going through a rebrand. We're going through a rebrand. You yeah. do that with Zach Malcolm. Zach Malcolm, long time, probably my longest friend to date. Your hetero life mate. Hetero. Oh, I like that. Yeah, hetero that's a mate. Jay and Silent Bob thing. Huh. <laughs> okay, I like that. Yeah. Um. So you did you you started doing the podcast before you started doing comedy, correct? Or did you kind of do them at the Actually, same time? Yeah, kind of. Probably they were probably a few months apart, but we started doing the podcast okay. and then kind of bullied each other into getting into comedy. Yeah, how did that? Because you've been doing it for how long now? Probably like two and a half ish years. God, I remember when you were brand. I remember your like first show. Yeah, that those were interesting times, God. especially through the pandemic, and now like Rain Dogs coming full circle again yeah. and stuff like that. Like, it's been interesting. Yeah, but uh. Yeah, it was a couple years ago, got started. We kind of were both clowning each other about getting into it. Yeah, well, how did that whole thing happen? Because I'm, I'm, that's one of the things I always talk about with everyone on the show. Whether, whether they're actors or musicians, I'm always so fascinated with, like, how do you get into that? Because not a lot of people do. It's yeah. a very small percentage of people who get into it and then to actually keep pursuing it. So how did that happen um we lived close together in like middle school so we'd ride the bus together okay and like i have distinct memories of us like sharing earbuds and like listening to comedy specials really on the way to and from school okay it's so, like we both were like super into comedy listening to, like dave Chappelle and like pablo francisco like old specials so like we both kind of had an ear for it we were both kind of class clowns on our own way and then we kind of just started bullying each other and like dude one of us has got to do this yeah and i think he did it first I was this at uh, the Rain Dogs open mic? No, at Hourglass, same as Topher. That place seems oh, like a, that one minute speed comedy thing. It's just, yeah, it's just not intimidating enough to feel like I can bomb for a minute. Like I don't have to like sit in it. Too yeah, long. that's true. So like, that was the first time. It was enough to like I can bomb for a minute. This is, <laughs> this is fine. Yeah, yeah so the next guy's gonna be up. You're gonna see six other people struggle. So like, I didn't feel too bad about it. Yeah, but like, did that didn't do awesome. But it was enough to just like. Kind of like getting punched in the face and realize you're not going to die. Yeah. It was just oh, yeah. like, oh, okay. I love that analogy. Yeah. It's like anybody, I've compared it to when I played football. It's like you're nervous before a game and then you get that first hit and you're like, oh, yeah, I do this all the time. Right. It's, like, this isn't too bad. Like, yeah. it's just kind of silent sometimes and it wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. But it's not like. Isn't that the worst? The more, oh, my. It's the worst. It's hard to describe to people. <laughs> like the, the intimacy you have with your own thoughts. And it's like I'm being so vulnerable sharing this yeah. with you. And you meet me with nothing. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I tell people all the time. Like, sometimes they're like, oh, you should always, like, I don't know. Like, it's just that exact fact where it's like, no, this is me. Right. I'm sharing this. Yeah. Like, I thought this was funny enough to tell a group of strangers. Yeah. Not and, because I thought I was going to, like, this was fun bombing. Like, I yeah. thought this was Yeah, be- I didn't. I never. <laughs> nobody gets on stage like, I'm going to fucking. Sometimes I do. Sometimes, like, if a crowd's being, like, kind of shitty, I'm like. Or just lean into yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to fucking tear this room apart with, like, people dying of heroin overdoses and suicide. Right, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. You guys want to be difficult. We'll get. We'll be difficult. We'll get dark with it. Yeah. But that's, that's so weird that you say that because there are certain comics, be it in this scene or just around, where. They um do a lot of like you know pussy fart dick and it's like you're not like I understand like you're like you're like being punchy and that's funny and you're being silly but it's like you're not sharing anything no and so if you bomb and that's yeah exactly right exactly There's nobody nothing... thought you weren't funny just the fart jokes aren't working yeah exactly but like if you tell a personal story and at the end you get 
nothing. Like you don't want to tell that story anymore. Ever again. <laughs> Ever again. <laughs> you know? Not even to your friends or family. <laughs> so you guys bully each other into it. You do the hourglass one minute speed round. Yeah. And then were you hooked? Were you kind of, you said I, uh, you I was were, pretty hooked. This isn't that bad or I I mean, I wasn't hooked off the off rip, but like I was pretty like it's not that bad and I feel like I can I like the challenge of it. Yeah. I, I feel like conversationally, I always felt very funny. In terms okay. of like my groups of friends, I was always like the funnier person. But that's just kind of shooting the shit. Yeah. But like channeling it to an on stage, like y'all don't get the context of this thing me and my friends have had for five years. I can't just like say this one liner and everyone yeah, kind of giggle. There is something that um, I was told a long time ago and I've and as a storyteller, I value it very much. So it's that uh, if you ever have to say the phrase. I guess you just had to be there. Never do that on stage. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're just, mm. If you ever have to think to yourself, oh, I mean, it was really funny, but you had to be there. Don't fucking run yeah. from that premise. Yeah. Run away from it. That was the challenge. Because no one was there. Right. No one's going to get it. And you're just going to feel like you're like sympathy. Like, please understand yeah. me. All right. Oh, God. So you guys. Um. So not right away, but you kind of got into it. And I know you. Um. I know you have a bit about. Like doing the music thing and the athlete. Was that true though? Did you always yeah. want to do a performative, like entertainment thing? I always felt some kind of like entertainment thing, whether okay. it was like an athlete or playing sports or something just not mundane. Yeah. I feel like I'd always done. Okay. But I feel like this has kind of been a, ch a channel to where like it's entertainment, but you're also kind of just being yourself on stage. So yeah. It's not exactly. like you're kind of going too far out of your wheelhouse to like, I mean, it is learning a skill, but it's not like I'm learning a skill. It's kind of yeah. like people just like, me because they like me yeah and that's one of the things too is that um i've had this conversation i forget who it was with but we were talking about on the podcast um how like so, some people have a character on stage and my whole thing is like i i i play up this persona that is brennan but it's still me it's, right it's, it's, it's notched up a little bit it's performance but yeah, yeah but it's still who i am it's still how i think it's still the views that i have on things so it's like you're saying, it's like you have to learn stage presence would be a skill you have to learn. Right. Delivery. Yeah. But you don't you can you're just being you. Right. I'm just kind of channeling this kind of environmental thing to like I just need to make it funny for a stage. Yeah. And make everyone get it. Yeah. That's the that's what I kind of got hooked on in the beginning. Like, man, I know I'm funny, but this was harder than I thought. Yeah. And I need to figure out how to take that funny and channel it to this like random strangers yeah that's the that's always a, especially when you go up and you're like oh they'll get it and then your first couple jokes you're like they don't get they're it they're not getting it they're not they're getting not it <laughs> they're not getting it yeah yeah that's it oh man because i've been in rooms with you before and i i love your stuff especially some of the stuff you do about like sports because it's such a unique take and i it's like shit where i do a sports podcast and i was like Fuck, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> and I'll, you'll hear me dying in the back. And then, like, some people are, like, looking around and they're either like, oh, too soon. Or they're like, oh, like, I don't get it. And it's like, how do you not get right, it? Yeah, that's the, the gamble. That's the, it's like a sweet science of the gamble. Because, like, I feel like kind of my style of comedy is letting that last little bit you tell yourself the end of the joke. Like, I don't yeah. give the full thing. So it's like. How can I give the lady who doesn't watch sports and her boyfriend who loves sports the same joke? But I know he's going to get it off yeah. rip. But I need to explain it to her without losing him because I'm talking to like it's just this weird. Yeah. But I I don't know. It's 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 a weird thing. It's a definitely it's fun, a weird. Though. Yeah, it's it's definitely fun. So you always thought I'm going to do I'm going to I'm going to do that. I'm going to be in front of people. And when I only say that to preface when you were hanging out with your friends and you were always the funniest guy. 
when you came to Hourglass, like when you started doing it, was your whole thing like, I'm just going to like kind of write down the stuff I say around my friends that they laugh at? Or did you genuinely think like, oh, no, I have to sit down and actually start writing stuff? Um, if you, It was a mix between the two. Okay. It was like I had funny moments with my friends, but I knew that I couldn't just tell that story. Yeah, so I needed to kind of chop it up. To make it deliverable. Okay. But I did write a little bit, but it wasn't like I made a one-minute set for Hourglass. Yeah. But, like, I kind of did pull some stuff together. But I don't feel like I ever wanted to really be the limelight person. Yeah. Like, I always kind of was, like, like I, me and Zach's time was funny because he was always, like, the more attractive one. And I was, like, the funny friend. Yeah. So, like, I was always comfortable, like, you go get him and I'll swim in behind him yeah. and laugh. <laughs> Clean, yeah. So, so, like, that was kind of, like... I'm way comfortable being in the back. So, like, being the stand-up thing was kind of putting yourself forward and trying to lean into, like, making yourself presentable. Yeah yeah, 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 Where I was very comfortable, like, look at him. and I'll Yeah, just... look at him, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll snipe you with some zingers over yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Um, so, I wanted to, to kind of ask you about, not only with the pandemic and everything, but you, obviously, like you said, you started the podcast. So, did you, were you in your head, like... I, this is what I want to do or do you kind of just do it for like what what's your ultimate goal as far as just like with comedy especially because the pan only reason I ask is because I've had a lot of people on in the pandemic kind of opened their eyes like oh I'm I'm gonna do it like it's a fun thing to do but I'm not gonna like push super hard and then I've had other guests on who have pushed super hard and kind of were like all right I'm cool where I'm at now right like because I think you're obviously I have I think all my guests are funny but <laughs> but I think you're hilarious. And so it's it's interesting to me because you do the podcast. You and Zach are kind of like a, a tandem. Mm -hmm. You guys are always together. Well, not always, but a lot of times you guys are together. So do you like see yourself like trying to blow up the podcast or do you want to move out of Jacksonville or are you just kind of um, running little, the Jacksonville scene? For a right little now? bit of kind of full circle everything we were when I first got into it and probably like a year into it. I was like, I feel like I need to. Like, get serious about something. I've done a lot of, like, just stuff and hobbies yeah. and picked up stuff. But this was when I was like, I like the knack I have for this and I want to get good at it. And then me and Zach were both kind of feeling that way. So we were almost like a year before the pandemic. It was like, we're going to move to California. Oh, OK. Figure it out. So you got, yeah, you guys stuff. are like, let's yeah, fucking go. Like, let's do it. And then the pandemic happened right as both of our leases ended. Yeah. And we were like, we don't need to go to the lockdown state. <laughs> so yeah. let's just stay in the state that's kind of cool. So we like got a new lease and like have been enjoying the Jacksonville thing and kind of feel like looking back, I wasn't ready to just move out there as like, yeah, ripe. I just enjoy comedy, but not good at comedy. Let's just jump in the, the water. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are other open micers out there who are doing the same thing. I don't just start good out there. But like the mindset I had out there was like, all right, I've done open mics and jacks. I'm going to go out there and do fucking shows. Yeah. And I was yeah, just yeah. like, I wasn't ready. Like, I've been doing but, it 10 years and I had that same mindset yeah. about New York. And I was talking to Jake last week and he's like, that is not how that works. <laughs> oh no, yeah. Like looking back, I was like, okay, I'm so glad I didn't just like jump in. Like we knew what the fuck we were doing. Yeah. So like, it's been nice being in Jacksonville and feeling like, okay, I, we need to like, develop as jacksonville people before we think like a jacksonville open mic is like all right i've done comedy before yeah the five i got but, it guys yeah. <laughs> How, what was the first time that you um do you remember the first time that you got on stage and just like I, I i we talk about crushing stories a lot because that's fun but my favorite thing to talk about is when when was the first time you got on stage and you were like oh i i don't know if i like this anymore have you had that moment I've had very close to those moments, but 
probably the closest one was at Bruise, and it was for a showcase. Okay. And it was Bruise after Bombing it was Dahlia's. Bombing stories are my favorite. Yeah, it was Bruise after it was Dahlia's. So it didn't oh, have the God. same atmosphere, and it yeah. was up by the window where, like, it's just a like a movie theater behind you. There's everything yeah. that you don't want to look at a comedian for is right there for you to look yeah. at. Yeah, and for those of you who are listening, Dahlia's was... Um, almost like a, a, it was a bar, but they had like a little speakeasy almost in the back. It was perfect, and it was it was so conducive for comedy. I know you've heard Crespo talk about it on this show. It was literally one of the most comfortable rooms because it only fit like thirty people, forty people. Right, you knew you wanted to be back there if you were back there. Yeah, and then if you didn't want to be back there, you could go out to the front and play pool and drink. But the people who were back there wanted to watch the show. Yeah. And it was very like intimate, like you were right on top of the people. Yeah. Um. So it was the perfect room to work stuff out in because you there was always people in there. Yeah. And so you could really get a feel for. And you got an intimate feel. It's not like a far crowd where like they can kind of distance themselves. From yeah. You working stuff out. Like even if like, it's you bad, they're gonna look someone at them and be like, "Yeah, that wasn't that the best." Exactly. You could see someone kind of cringe, or you could see someone. Even if you said something and they had like a little smirk, you could be like, okay, okay. Yeah, like you I got could something. see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But other places you didn't get that like vibe. Like Rain from. Dogs, the light's right in your face, so you can't see shit. Right. So you're just like, let's you're go. Kind of bombing in the dark. Yeah, and- bombing in the dark. So then they, they got bought out. Um, the owner sold it. And then they turned it into this very, I don't know how you'd put it, like almost. Draft. Draft bar. Yeah, but it was like taps. super clean, like yeah, metal everything. Everything was modernized. There yeah. you go. And then they decided, well, we're going to turn the room in the back into a like a station for our brewing and our kegs, and we'll just do the comedy show out front. So just to set the scene for the listener. So you go there. You're doing a showcase. Yeah, doing a showcase. One of the first showcases back in that I think venue. I was at the show. They were like, yeah, let's just try to do a show. And it was one of the ones that like – I wasn't super excited about, but I had posted on my social media like, hey, come out. I've yeah. got a show. And like a couple of like my closer friends. Oh, like, no. Not even closer, but like cooler friends. Like yeah. I don't care about a coworker stuff, but like this one, like I think you're cool. Yeah. And if you're coming to my show, thank God. Like, yeah, yeah. And they came out to that one. And it was probably like them two, the other two comedians, the bartender, and maybe a couple other people. Yeah. So it wasn't like, damn, Dean's really pulling for this comedy thing. It was like. Dean's doing comedy, huh? That was the vibe of the room. Yeah. Go up and like the room is so open and empty that like there's no feel to get into. Yeah. There's no vibe. Like they're sitting so far away from me that like I'm almost kind of yelling to them to get it. And if they do giggle, I didn't hear them giggle. So I'm just looking at wide eyes. So like if unless you get a punch, like I'm just kind of going and I rambled and I ended up doing like two minutes of my set and then be like, this isn't working. And then just started doing like a. Just like a like a, not a ramble, but just like just just say funny things. Yeah, like I'm not doing set stuff anymore. I just yeah. need to like make this guy laugh. Yeah, yeah. So that's that was kind of that was a skill that I developed from that bomb. That was probably like one of the first early bombs. Yeah, yeah. Like and you I, were kind of like, oh god. Yeah, if it's not working, I need to be able to fucking on the fly this. Yeah, and see, that's one of the things. Um, you're good at it. Baker's good at it. Um, if he doesn't get too angry, Will's really good at it. Uh, Will's, I think, Will's probably the best, the at, best it. at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's that, hey, we're going to do like crowd work. Like, I'm going to go into you because you're heckling, but I'm going to make it fun. Right. Marcus and I have and talked about it. seamlessly gets back Dude, into his material. So seamless. Yeah. But Marcus and I talk about this all the time because Marcus is better at it than I am because he's been doing it more consistently and a lot longer. But my thing is, like, if you're trying, like, I'm loud. And if you're trying to talk over me, that means you're yelling. 
<laughs> and that I cannot abide. So like, instead of being like, oh, like, ha ha ha, jokey, I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> like, are you out of your mind? Yeah, yeah. Do you not hear what I'm talking about up here? Yeah. And the, that immediately the audience is like, ooh, we don't like this guy huh, anymore. Huh, yeah. <laughs> that was one of the early things, too. Like, you learn, like, I got to be likable. Yeah. And as soon, like, you can get into it, but as soon as you say that one thing that, like, kind of makes you look like an asshole, like, damn it, you're not going to be as funny. Well, and that's the that. thing is, like, you, I, I, I don't know about you, but I teeter on the likable, unlikable, because I can get up there and be goofy and fun. But the second I snap, it's like, look at this. Another fucking straight white guy with all the privilege in the world fucking screaming at us. What an asshole. And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, you're probably right about that. <laughs> I know what I look like. So that's why I always try to address it early about like the, you know, the look like a cop and yeah, all those different yeah. bits. But sometimes they just don't want to like, especially in Riverside. You yeah. get some of those people that are just like very progressive. We like, are not going to laugh you at anything. You represent the patriarchy. Exactly. And right. it's like, we're not going to laugh at anything you say. And Ali, I make fun of my entire set is me making fun of myself, but it's like they're still just like, nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Next. And I'm like, how do you not? Like, come on. Like, yeah, that's the worst where it's like, I'm do like, you're just being stubborn now. Yeah. Now like, you just don't want to laugh because you're being an asshole. Yeah. And but, so I, I, I noticed that like, and because sometimes you have material where it can get kind of dark and I don't know. Like if you've ever experienced where like the crowd will turn on you and then you're like, uh, I thought we were having fun here, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That actually happened at Rain Dogs like two days ago. Oh, but, did it? Yeah, I was working on this like Trump bit and it didn't go how I thought it would. Well, but, like, oh god, but, yeah. it did not go how I thought it'd go. <laughs> no, I like ended up like walking to people and it was like, oh, okay, but like it was weird because I don't know. I like talking to comedians about it because they can see the subtle stuff of like the skill behind what you're doing. Yeah. You're not just going up there and doing five minutes. I can see you're front loading the likability part and then getting into your material or setting up exactly, something later exactly, or like, yeah. okay, like you're addressing this lady because like, so you can kind of finesse where, or like, damn, this is going to be fucking loud. How is, how is, how is Brennan going to get up here and like, yeah. kind of tame, or is this is really quiet? Like how is Brennan going to like meet them? Yeah. There? Blow, like, blow like, them out. You kind of see the subtlety of like, huh, this is, this is going to be a different kind of room than other rooms or yeah. maybe they all, or laughing way too hard and then you got to slow your shit down because everyone that's another that's another skill like we're talking about yeah. where it's like oh god because so, i've done that before where i've just stepped up you're so good about like no nah, I'm, I'm gonna let you I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait that's what i've lately i've been trying to like see everybody else's good and pick up on small pieces of like damn i need to get better at like yeah coming in and sweeping it like Marcus. I need to get better at writing like Jamar. I yeah. need to get better at heckling like Will. I need to get better like all those little pieces of watching everybody like go. I'm like, damn, that's a that's a good yeah. one. That's really good. Like because you have you even have some jokes now, and I know you've said it before, but you'll say like that that's a car ride home joke. Like yeah. you'll, you'll get that on. But it's so I'm so envious of it because for me, my defense is like if a joke doesn't work, I immediately bulldoze right into the next thing. Which sucks because sometimes the joke works. It just right. takes them a second to get it. Or sometimes it's not, not every joke is supposed to be a, a standing ovation. Yeah, exactly. Some jokes are supposed to be like a kind of a smirk of like, damn, that was pretty fucking clever. Yeah, yeah, And like, yeah. you don't really get a laugh, but it's like, this guy's funny without you having to like, yeah, ha, ha, Yeah, because like then that gets them on your side. Yeah. Like, oh, I wonder what else he's going to say. Yeah, yeah. Probably the worst heckle I ever got was I did the consequences bit in Orlando. And Wait, which... The, Give me more than the consequences bit about like there needs to be more consequences and okay, like yeah, smaller yeah, things. Um, and I did that bit. I did that bit at a. I don't know if you've been to Aromas yet. I have. Okay, so I did that bit. You have. I was uh -huh. at that show. Duh. I did that bit at Aromas the first night there. Some dude at the bar goes, "Man, that's fucking brilliant." 
and like everyone laughed and I was like and I looked at him I go you're probably the guy who doesn't tip uh and it crushed it crushed so now I'm at Broken Strings Brewery in Orlando shout out to the Orlando scene and I'm bombing and Jake uh, Jake Ricca was there. We just had him on the podcast. Christoph Jean, who I'm going to get on the podcast. Like Orlando comics that I respect and uh, admire. Are right. The there. worst people are there. Yeah. <laughs> like you're saying, like yeah. the cool friend from work. Yeah. And dude, fucking ate a day. I went up like 13th. Jake went up right before me. Jake crushed. Of you know, crushed. It was an open mic. That, you know, there's uh, people there, but he he got everyone to back. laugh. Yeah. yeah. He brought it back. And I'm like, all right, man. Thanks for setting him up. Yeah. I'm going to knock him down. <laughs> and then I went up there and I opened with the suicide bit about the, the uncle and smoking and stuff. And just nope. And then I was like, okay, that's, that's a little fair dark. Enough, it's a little enough. dark to open with. I'll lighten it up. <laughs> So then I, I did a couple other bits and it's all these darker w- ones or like brought it back. I kind of was a little resentful. So I went into the heroin dick pic joke, which is even okay. darker. Yeah. And then I tried to bring it back. I tried to save it with like the the fitness stuff that I talk about. OK. But they were already like, nope, we're out. And it's a bunch of well-adjusted like people, like normal, well-adjusted people. Right, not with sadness in their heart. Yeah, and some <laughs> of the stuff I talk about, it's like, like you know, suicide and stuff. murder. And yeah, yeah, I always say the joke, like, I'm the guy at the comedy workshop. Like, yeah, it's funny, but where's the murder-suicide? Um, and I did that bit, and a lady, like, to my right, stage right, so she's basically on stage with almost. me, like, like kind of, like, right next to me. She giggled at the suicide joke, so I turned to her, like, huh, huh, that's good. And it, like louder than me, she goes, yeah, I mean, it makes you think, but it's not funny. And the whole audience was just like, oh, shit. Go, <laughs> <laughs> oh. And that's probably that at that moment when I, I finished the set and then I tried to do the scar. I got lit and then I was like, I have to save this. I have, I'll do the scar story. That's my yeah, big that's, closer. Yeah, that's the worst. It's a four when- minute story. <laughs> You have to have people buy in and then come back. But I panicked and I got the light and I was like, I'll save it with the scar story. And I'm like, you don't have time. How far did you cut everything out of it? Yo, yeah. I I basically jumped from like, I played college football and I had this weird scar on my face because I cut my face open. Yeah, cut Cut, all the shirts out of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did the, like, basically cut it like down to nothing. And then I was like, did it save it? No. (laughs) I cut everything out. That story's based on building. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, and that was the word. And it was funny because the, the, Earlier when we were recording the podcast, Jake was like, hey, man, you got to do Shit Sammy. Are you going to be in town for Shit Sammy tomorrow? Shit Sammy. Like, you should come out. Like, Heather's hosting. Like, we'll, 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 we'll totally get you on the show. Like, if you're in town, we'll get you on the show. After that bomb, literally, as we're walking out of the parking lot, Christoph and Jake are like, have a safe trip back to Jacksonville, man. No. Have a safe trip. <laughs> and my whole thing was, you know me, I was like, wait, what about Shit Sammy tomorrow, <laughs> right? Shit Sammy? I think it's going to rain. They were like, well, they were like, I, I thought you said you had to go home. And I mean... You know, bless their heart, but it was the oh. worst bomb I've ever had. Oh, so. man. You just made me think of that when you were talking about bruise, because it's like, no, this is going to work. And then it doesn't. And you're like, I hate my life. Yeah. The, I mean, those are the ones were like, I don't know. Just when I think back, I would have been like, damn. Like, if I would have sat in that moment after she said that, I would have been like, oh. I would. I just didn't know what to do. like. I would just be like, dude, welcome to my TED talk. Yeah, like this is supposed to be fun. Yeah, like, yeah, this, yeah. Fuck it. We're we're just doing facts now. I could just go into like AA literature and yeah, stuff. Just, yeah, dude. Really. My dark name is Brennan. I'm an alcoholic. God, Everyone man, would have been like, that's... wait, what's he doing? I was she to... heckling anyone else either? No. Oh, she was laughing. at So everything. like, she got the point. She laughed at me. 
that first joke. She was the only one who laughed. Like, so you're like, you're with me. Yeah, that's why I turned to her. I thought we were on the same team. And then she just <laughs> helped like, me. James Harden in Houston on me. Like, yeah, oh. we're on the same team. We're on the same team. Boom, we're not on the same team anymore. Damn. Like, oh, man. But speaking of dark comedy and death and suicide and stuff, you sent me a list of some stories. Now, I have no idea what this means, but it just says life or death. Oh, so I've made the bullets super. That's how I write notes. That's how I write yeah. my comedy notes. That's because I'm the same way. It'll spark something in me, and I can go with it. But <laughs> I'm literally the same way. Like my set list is just like two words. I tell stories, but my set list is literally right. Two I don't words. need the whole story. I know the story. Yeah. I just need to remember what the story was about. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> but like life or death. I just remember being one of the dumbest fucked up games that me and my friends used to play. Oh, that's a game. It's a game. <laughs> Less of a game. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> When you're drunk, almost blackout drunk, it was basically us driving home from whatever party we're at. Oh my god! Just Less running of the game, Let, you were running right through that. red lights and stop signs, and just screaming "life or death." It was it was one of those. You played this or it, did this? Did this? No, you don't play. You don't play. Yeah. You don't play fighting. You don't play life or death. You just do it. But it was just one of those things. Like looking back, like why? It just God, seems so cool. like, not not slow. Just like we're going sixty, and we're not slowing down through sixty. We're just going through oh a red light, going God. sixty. Like it wasn't it wasn't smart. This oh my God! This just took a. I'm always down for like noir, dark. Like, <laughs> let's get dark, man. This really just I just got a feeling in the pit of my stomach. Like, yeah, oh, God. and I've like had people get in car accidents and like lost yeah, that's what happens. Like, looking back, I was like, what? God, so you guys used to, like, just drunk, blackout drunk, just like, let's do it. Drunk driving, everybody's in the car, one person's driving, they're just like, life or death? 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 How old were you guys when you were doing this? Like, junior, sophomore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like high schoolish. Okay. Like, not supposed to be drinking, not being able to handle alcohol. Yeah. Like. Well, and it's weird that you say that, because I, that jogs something in my memory. I, I used to, I had my sister's old Ford Mustang when I was in high school. And I used to drive like 119 because the governor would kick on at 119. <laughs> That's how I know. I used to exactly <laughs> couldn't get it up to 120. I used to drive home from school on 95 at 119, just in and out, Fast and the Furious style. Just it's so the stupid shit we would do like as teenagers. It's right? Like, what the fuck? I don't go more than 80 now. Yeah, the people pass going like five over me. I'm like, dude, I'm in the fast lane. Yeah, you're, like, you're going fast, fast. Yeah. Like, yeah. But oh my god, that yeah, that was that, that was one that's of the like a ones. real because you know a lot of us know that obviously it's nobody should drink and drive. And Absolutely I've got not enough DUIs to prove that. But not only that, but it's just like it's like a blend of like God, that's like idiotic. But it's like it's funny, but it's also like that's terrifying. That's ter- in the moment. It's the coolest thing. Yeah, when you're all drunk with your buddies and everyone's getting hyped about life or death, it's so fun. God, but as soon as you like sober up and the next day you're like what the fuck yeah or 10 years later on a podcast right you're just like whoa i hope my kids never think to do that like that's crazy god yeah oh my god (laughs) i'm like visibly like shaken by that i thought it was going to be something like and it's weird because i have people on here we'll talk about like overdosing and stuff and i'm like yeah that's like but that happened to you it's like no you were in like a steel Three thousand pound missile, death trap fly- with your friends. Yeah, like God. that's. And then thinking back, you're thinking like, that's never the phone call. I want my parents. Like, what happened? Dude, was, yeah, all four of them were way over the intoxication limit and are Just crushed flying, up into yeah. a fucking like can over by the tree over there. 
Like, oh my god, that's well, like, those are one of those times. Looking back, like the reason why I never got super, super, super fucked up when I was a kid was I never wanted my parents to be like, oh yeah, we found him at a party or like, yeah, I never like wherever I was doing that, I was like, this isn't the place I'm dying. This, this, this is isn't that's it. actually I, I like the way you say that because. That's exactly how I have felt before. It's like this, this, this is it. This is where I'm yeah, gonna go out. Is, no, no, yeah. I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. And a fucking. I had uh, Jake Claude on here, uh, a friend of mine from uh, Daytona. He's a rapper out in uh, L.A. now. But we talked about like one night at a La Quinta Inn, like me getting like blackout drunk because he used to date my sister. So we had this ho- hotel party and I just got like fucking wasted. And he's telling me about it. And I was like, yeah, I don't really remember that. But that's the exact mo- the thing. It's like I'm going to die at a La Quinta Inn in Daytona, like not even <laughs> not even during anything, like not spring break or bike week, just a random, just a random Thursday. Like this is how I'm going to go out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this, isn't it? This, oh my god! I gotta make better decisions. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, we're gonna get into some better decisions, but probably not great decisions. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about your parents and how that's not how you ever wanted to get found. You did get caught by your mom once. Ooh. It was. This is one of the funnier stories of getting caught because it was one of the like more reckless times I was with my friends. Like, yeah. Having a black There's family, no, you can't say more reckless. There's nothing more reckless than life and death. But one of that's the, true. That's one of the <laughs> one of true. the reckless times with my friends. Yeah, that's true. But no, like having a black family, we were never the house that people came over to. So okay, it's not like we don't have the sleepovers. Like we go to your church trips. Dean's black for house. everybody listening. Yeah, if, if, you haven't you haven't heard from my voice. Trust me. But <laughs> <laughs> but like, like that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> But no, like I, my family, like nobody came over to my house. Like, okay. Growing up, my house was the mystery. My parents were the mystery. Like you didn't, they were, they dropped me off at practice. They picked me up from school. That was about it. Damn, that's kind of shitty. So like when I, when I got into high school, I, for some reason thought it would be a good idea one time, like when my parents were gone to have like people over. And, okay. Like, try to be the cool, like, damn, we always go to your parents. Your parents are so cool. We can always yeah. party at your house. Like, okay, everybody come over to my house and we can chill and party. Yeah. And, like, my parents came home. Or specifically, my mom came home. And oh, so they were supposed to be gone? They were supposed to be gone and they came home. Were they on, like, a trip or were they, like, it was, just out it, to dinner? It was just an event that was supposed to be longer. I don't remember okay. where she was supposed to be, but she wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. So, like, the way the house was set up is I could see her coming into the driveway, but... My my room was like the front of the house, so we're all hanging out in my room, and I see headlights. So is this a big party or just a few people? It's kind of like my close friends, but we're smoking and drinking inside. Okay. So I knew we weren't supposed uh, to have we were supposed to have the house for the night because I was yeah. doing that inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, so smoke, you knew you had a timetable yes. in your head. So when I saw headlights, I'm like, oh shit! So I, I like panicked, got everybody to like scurry out the back door. Okay. The timing is like a movie. Like she's yeah. getting like hearing the car door slam. I'm trying to straighten up everything in my room. You know you've got like, like thirty to forty five seconds. Yeah, like people are rushing through the back. Like people get through the back door, make it out of the back patio, and as my mom is opening the front door, I'm the last one out, and I hear her close the front door, and I hear also all of my friends jumping the fence. And the funny part is as they're jumping the fence, it's like a double slatted fence. Okay. So they're snapping every top piece off the fence. Dude, are so you, you serious? Because they're just like frantically trying to get over yeah, this fence. they in the don't dark, care. They're just, and they yeah. just snap. So like my mom hears it. It's easier now, to explain a broken fence than it is a bunch of people in the house. Right. But also I'm watching people jump out of my backyard is yeah. what my mom's thinking. So like 
I don't know if like this is me being high end drunk at the time. I I jump. We both go. Everybody's outside, like around the corner at the end of the neighborhood. Of course, I get a phone call from my mom. Hey, where are you? What's going on? I'm like, whoa, what? I didn't even expect you to be home. Where, where are you? I'm not. I'm not at the house. <laughs> yeah, Look at my room. There, yeah. I'm not there. Am I, mother? Yeah, I'm not home. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, you need to get home. And then, like, as soon as I got home, like, I remember, I remember being sober enough to try to lie, but drunk enough to fuck it up. Yeah, and like, <laughs> dude, that's a perfect tag, man. And that's, just being like, I don't know what happened. That's the new shirt, man. <laughs> sober enough to lie, but drunk enough to fuck it up. <laughs> new merch coming soon. Yeah, like, I just remember trying to lie and be like, man, I just got home. I don't know. I guess some people were in the backyard. Some of my friends came over and they got scared because you left. I wasn't here. I don't know what they what were they doing here. And she's like, the house smells like alcohol and weed. I was like, what? What? <laughs> and then, like, she drug tested me that night on the Are spot. Are you serious? Yeah, she was like, I'm, I, I have a drug test. You can just take it. And I remember this was also sober enough to lie, but young enough to fuck it up, calling my friends who were at that place and being like, yo, my mom's drug testing me. Are any of y'all have clean piss? And none of the people I was hanging out with had clean piss. Obviously. So, obviously. Yeah, they're like, so, we're just with you. So I call one of my friends that... I'm not close with, but I know he doesn't do drugs or alcohol. Yeah. And I end up convincing him to cover to my house on like a 15 minute, like, you need to be here now. Yeah. Pissing the bottle on the way. Come here now. Him parking like two houses down, like creeping up to my house, passing it through my window. Yeah, the window. And I was going to say, because you're in the front. test for my parents. Not even like a job. Like for my mom. Oh, so, so could, did it work? It did work. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> to get out of this such an obvious lie yeah like, <laughs> what does your mom do she's a doctor she obviously knew i was lying like we talked about it later oh, like, yeah, i, I didn't know lying. your mom was a doctor yeah she was like i let you stumble all over yourself but like, <laughs> yeah it was they terrible. let women be doctors oh man black women too that's tough that's tough Brennan. i'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you teed it up i had to hit it out <laughs> what's your mom a doctor of if you don't mind she's been a little bit of everything when i was okay. going through school she did family practice but like before i was born she delivered babies she's done oh, wow. hospice she's done er she's holy done surgeries. shit yeah she's kind of gone through the whole gamut now she's kind of on like the tail end and doing like online stuff and doing like yeah. military like contracts and well props shout out to your yeah. mom man. and That's actually on awesome. board with cbd and weed and legalization of marijuana she's like trying to get into that like oh is she? medical weed too so but she now what did she have the same mindset back then like no. did she, she was, okay. she was with, like my mom then. okay she was like, don't don't got do it, that got it. But like yeah. now as we're adults she's like yeah i can there's medicine behind it and there's science and yeah yeah so now like there's that. more my dad has a weed card real. and she oh, like wow. gave it to him i like, didn't give it to him like she was like you can get a weed card use your little ointments and shit but yeah that's pretty cool that's awesome so did you um did you growing up because you said you were you know the black family nobody ever came over and stuff did you guys ever have like um did your parents ever like do the the trope kind of discipline like beat the shit out oh, of you absolutely. or belt you and absolutely. stuff yeah yeah okay there was, there was like the normal stuff like, I, w I was so hoping you're gonna be like no never did any no that's like the contrast of like I still grew up in Mandarin. Don't get it twisted. We like yeah. lived very nicely. Yeah. But like we still had all the normal black stuff of like they didn't grow up in Mandarin. They yeah, grew yeah, up yeah, like yeah. in Mississippi and like Kansas City. So like they didn't give a shit about that. That was yeah. They were like we're gonna make you better. Like people made us better. Well, it's funny because we were watching that. Um, we were on TikTok. Like it's a fucking show. Savannah and I were looking at TikTok, and there was the funniest TikTok. Um, it was uh, a black dude with his white girlfriend, and it was like say these phrases that as you heard them when you grew up and it was like if your parents disciplined you and i go oh that's a whooping and then the guy the guy says whooping 
And then the girl goes spanking. And I was like, what is that? Like, what is happening? <laughs> and then it was like, um, you know, someone releases gas and he goes foreign. And I, and I was like, yeah, it's foreign. And the girl goes toots. And I was like, what the, so your friends were the toots girls. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you were still like living like a regular life. Yeah. Yeah. So there was kind of like that contrast, but it, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Like I definitely had it nicer growing up in Mandarin, but it wasn't like I could relate to all of my yeah. Mandarin friends because they kind of didn't have that background. Did it. you ever feel like, um, ost- not ostracized? That's the wrong word. Did you ever feel like weird or different? Uh, all the time. Did you? Okay. Yeah. I mean, growing up in Mandarin, you're the the whitest black kid everybody knows. It's yeah. like the oh, Dean's not that black. Like it's shout that out was- to Jason Harmon. I used to say that joke about he was a tight end on our team back in the day, and I used to say that all. I'm like, dude, you were the whitest black person I've ever yeah, met in my life. It's a victim of the culture. Yeah. Like, but yeah, that was that was about it. But like. You kind of just see both sides. Like growing up on that side, you kind of see the ignorance of how people that way are yeah. brought up. It's not like intentional, but then you get like the, your parents being like, "You got to be twice as bad as everybody else," yeah, and like you're never gonna get a good break, and like you got to work hard, and it's just like, yeah, I, I get kind of the where this is coming from, yeah, kind of thing. Because so they you, grew up in a much harsher environment, right? So like they kind of teach you, like, dude, you gotta really. And then I'm going to school, and I'm like, people don't really do that anymore. Like, everyone yeah. seems kind of cool. Well, so it's, like, it's I, I love these kind of conversations um, because I had a mirror, um, a mirror kind of upbringing in the sense that like playing sports and stuff, especially like you know in Daytona, it's like I was always the you know one of the few white kids on the team and stuff so it was always so that's why like you know i have a i, I don't know if that's why but i have a passion for hip hop and like when i'm around people <laughs> the phrase passion for hip hop but <laughs> i'm cutting all this out but you understand what i'm saying like it's weird because there's certain things that i do or say and i realize like oh people probably think i'm being a dick but that's just like how yeah like the kids who like there's a couple of kids that i'm friends with now but like back in high school and middle school people would always be like oh yeah they're the wigger kid like they just play what? sports and hang out with black people you but like growing up it's like no they just word? they just played sports and hung out with black people it's not yeah. like they were trying to be cool they were trying to be something else it's that's like, the thing it's like they just played sports and that's what you do when you want to make friends with the people you're always around yeah cuz i have some material and you've heard it but like if I do it in a room that's mostly white, everyone tenses up. And I'm like, wait, this is fun. Like, wait, what? Yeah. And then I did it like at Aromas and people were like, like one dude like fell out of his seat. And I was like, oh, this is funny. It's just my brain is so. And I talk about this on my sports podcast with my co-host Joe in Atlanta because I'll run stuff. by. I'm like, can I am, can I say this? And not in like a, oh, like. Give me permission kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, but I do it almost as like because I don't want to be insensitive, but I don't have that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that barrier in my brain because it's like we used to dick around about this stuff all the time, like growing up playing sports and in the locker room. And like even when I was in jail, like I would make jokes and make everybody laugh. So it's like I don't have that. I feel like that's where the kind of the culture that cancel culture is coming from is a lot of people who talk like that had those circles and kind of can understand like, no, I wasn't in your locker room, but I can get like my locker room is pretty cool. And I can see how all you're like, I could get it. Yeah. But, like people who didn't do that. They're like, why are, do they think that's OK? Yeah. Like I had that joke about um, being in jail um, and the whole thing about Tyrone and that that was his name. We're friends on Facebook. And I've had people come up to me after shows and be like, you shouldn't use the use, use the name Tyrone. And I go, wait, what? And they go, that's that's racist. I go, that's his name. You're assuming he's black. That's his name. 
Like we're friends yeah. on like that's the I'm a storyteller. Right. <laughs> that's the story. Yeah. And I've had people and I and like you said, like I just don't even think about it. Right. Yeah. But it's these people who have never been in that situation, never been in jail, never been around a group of different people. And they're like, that's going to offend somebody. Yeah. It's like, well, no, it really doesn't. Yeah. Like, like what? Everyone's pretty cool about it if you're just cool about it. Yeah. Like and I didn't even say like you're the one who made all these assumptions yeah. as soon as you heard that. Yeah. No, man, let's get off the uh, political talk. (laughs) (laughs) But I do like, I don't know, one thing, it's kind of a weird side note, but like one thing that I do enjoy about, I think, comedy in general is everyone's personal take on it. Whether you're fresh to comedy or great at comedy or bombing or crushing, I'm the kind of person who's going to sit through the entire show and appreciate every single person's kind of thing as they go through. Because it's everyone's kind of personal journey of, like, what they're going through at the time. Like, maybe they're working on stuff. Like, damn, he is kind of working on some shit. Like, he didn't do that last week. Or, like, everyone's kind of going through this shit. And, damn, that bit didn't even work. Damn, this one crushed this time. Or, damn, he's really kind of not writing anymore. But everyone kind of has that different kind of shit. That's what they say about me every time I do a show. Nah. (laughs) Nah. (laughs) There are certain people where, like. They have the same five. They have the same five. And it's it's frustrating. It's just frustrating to watch. Yeah. Especially back in the day, like the Rain Dog days, where I'm like, damn, you have, I'm, I'm gonna, mm, this is gonna be the same 15 minutes because you're gonna do the same five. Call up your friends, gonna do the same five. Yeah. And they're gonna do the same five. When we talk about this all the time, it's funny because as much as I try to write, I'm constantly, like, I've got the whiteboard in here, I've got notebooks everywhere, I'm always writing. But it's weird because like sometimes you get on the stage and you try it once and it just does not touch anything no. resembling rel- like relatability or laughter. Right. And you're like, I'm never fucking doing that again. That's the but it goes to like the that's the ultimate question I always have is is this not funny or did I not do it right? Yeah, that's and it's perfect. Like, that's beautiful. Damn it. Like I don't know. Yeah. It could be a little bit of both. It could be a lot of one, a little bit of the other. But maybe I do it again and it's not funny. It's like, it seems a lot to be like, it's just not funny. Yeah. But then I'll try it one more time and it's just like, ah, I got to chuckle. Yeah. And it's just like, you play this game of like, this joke isn't good, but it's just good enough for me to, to feel not like, wanna, yeah. to not let it go. Well, and that's the reason why sometimes like I'll keep doing the same kind of like dark material or like material that's a little violent or something that doesn't play. Cause I'm like, I know that there's something right. here. If, I thought I need to put it before something or after something, but yeah, I know there's which something. One, I know that this is funny and I just need to figure out like the whole thing I have about like, why is it when you die for a cause, you're a martyr, but when you kill yourself over an ex, you're a, you're a psycho. Like to me, that's hilarious in my brain. Is, I like that one too. I like the setup now that you're doing with the suicide one. And then fuck, what are you following up with it right afterward? You do the suicide with your uncle, and then you do the fucking. I'm trying. It's to another bit you do right after it, but they pair well together. You did it as the opener when the, that lady heckled you. You said you did the one, and then you did the one right after it. Oh, heroin dick pic. Yes, the heroin dick pic, because it like it, it's like okay, this That's is what, what we're doing. That's what I thought you were talking about, but I was like, yeah, I, it's like this is what we're doing, yeah. and this is a level up, and I kind of like what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like they follow each other well. Like yeah. it's like a tick. Well, that's tap. why that's why I do the um like I did it at Rain Dogs. I was like, oh, let's do some dark material. You guys want to get dark, and everyone cheers, and I go, everyone always cheers when I say that. And that's a good segue. They're like, dude, that's a good, that's a good catch on like. Yeah. Good little interject seems natural going right into bam, we're right. Yeah, into and then it. we go right into it, and then we go right into the next one, and uh-huh. then people start to groan. And I go, You were on board. Right. Uh-huh. It's like a setup. We brought it back. It's like a nice yeah. chunk. Like I appreciate that, man. Yeah, yeah that, that that one I, I, I like, but it, it was it's weird. I don't even know how we got on this topic again, but <laughs> it is 
Oh, what you were saying about um, it is interesting watching other comedians because there are certain things, like I said, like that that new joke you wrote about. Um, I'm not going to burn it on the show, but the new joke you wrote about the situation, the basketball thing, mm-hmm. and dude, as soon as you did the, I'll be there in a second. No, you won't. I fucking <laughs> died, like fell out of my chair. And like I had to like at CBD, I had to go to the back because I was uh-huh. laughing so hard. But it was weird because like like not a lot. But it's like you're saying it's like there's different ebbs and flows and certain things can be funny, but they're not funny to everybody because I've done clubs with like Marcus and uh, Morgan, like clam jam stuff. And they'll crush, you know, Marcus is obviously a head and shoulders, a better comic than I am. And Morgan has a completely different style than I do. So we've done shows before where she's crushed and I've ate a dick and I've done shows where I've crushed and she's right. done okay but it's this weird like we're all three like marcus and i are very similar but her and i are so different in our style and but our sometimes delivery you both can't hit yeah exactly mm-hmm. and so it's so weird how it's so, like and i say that in the suicide bit it's so subjective it is that's why it's it's a high risk high reward especially when you front load it yeah because it's a very without you having to explain kind of a lot of who you are i feel like it gives you likability while also setting a tone there was a long there was a stretch where i was i was opening with both of those (laughs) like bang bang like here we go yeah it's just a good like set the tone but it's also high risk because it's like if you don't like dark you just don't you lose the whole room yeah i've lost entire rooms in my first two jokes yeah very and then it's like you you can tell when it's like three minutes in now you're getting desperate and you're kind of like you want to work on stuff but now you don't feel confident enough to work on it we're just doing old stuff and it's like you just kind of well that's the thing that's what we're talking about writing and stuff it's it's sometimes it's hard too and i don't know if you feel this way but i need to get over like doing it for comics because there's sometimes where like i'll go so i'll do aromas on tuesday then i'll do justice pub on wednesday but it, like it, I'm working on a brand new five at, at Aromas, then a brand, or five or ten or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm working like all brand new bits at Aromas. Then I'll do okay. I'm gonna do all those same brand new bits. I'm gonna try them at Justice. So then by Thursday at CBD, I'm like I don't like want to do this set. It's again. the same six comics. Like they've heard this three right. times. Like I don't want to do it again. That was one of the things when I started off with everybody kind of that all of the Jacksonville comics. I didn't realize that would be a thing. I thought like. And I'm the, I kind of have like I'm a prideful person, yeah. So I don't want to, I don't want to not disappoint you is the bad word to use, but I don't want you to think that I'm not trying. Yeah, you don't want to meet heard, expectations, right? So it's like, damn it, Brennan's here. Like, oh, man. that's why sometimes I'll hate when other comics show up. Like, okay, I'm going to fucking justice. I'll be the first one there. Yeah. And then like you and Marcus come up, game. I can't do that shit. Yeah. I got to do new stuff, and it's like it's good and bad because like I do need to work on new stuff, but it's also like, damn it, I kind of wanted to work that out, but I don't want them to. To hear the same thing they just heard me do at Rain Dogs, yeah. at this place, at this place, and now we're all kind of here. But like, there's that dichotomy of like, I do need to get a tighter five. I'm not yeah. going to get it tighter by just kind of mixing it up all the time. Well, and that's the other thing too is that like when you go into situations where you're like, all right, I'm going to work on all new material, but that's good. But then, like in my situation, I have a lot of half baked, like underdeveloped bits, like a lot, like right. a lot of like the Viagra story, the. The OnlyFans, you know, jerking off when I was like 15 on like that. Like those are all bits. The testicle story about the enlarged. Te- like those are all bits that I've done like two or three times and they've gotten a big enough laugh to where I'm like, oh, I'll just throw that in the set list. Like I'll throw that. You know, I've got the whole list of all right. my jokes. So I'm like, oh, I'll throw it in there. And if I ever need to pull it out, I can pull it out. But it's like, 
Yeah, but you haven't worked Hounded on that yeah. since. You haven't tightened it up. You haven't added more tags. You haven't even really thought about that since yeah. the last time you did it and got a laugh. So really, it's like you're saying, it's like, yeah, but I don't want to. You guys, everyone's heard, everyone in the scene has heard the story about how I had an enlarged testicle and the jo- the story right. I tell about it. Like everyone's heard it like two or three times now. Like I don't need to keep doing it. But it's actually counterproductive. Right. Yeah. There are times I'll do the scar story and people still laugh at it. And everyone's heard that a thousand times. Yeah. But like if I'm doing a showcase and I'm trying to show off, like that's my go to close. It's a great close. Yeah. And so a lot of times, like there are still times where like you or Baker or like Zach or Marcus will like laugh. And it's mainly because of the response of the audience is brand new. I, I like the one thing I do like about hearing them is there's different subtleties that you'll play into. Yeah, That's yeah. why I like the first thing I remember about that bit is a shirt because I love that tag in it. Like yeah. bedazzled Ryan. It's just like the whole with act out. Mark like, shirt with the bedazzled yeah, Ryan it's just such it. a graphic like, oh my High God. High fashion. Yeah, like it's just such a like a good. So it's like there's certain parts of it that like even though I know this bit, that part's always going to get me. Yeah. Like there's certain parts then like maybe you'll mix it up and like add a part and I'm like, oh, that kind of works. Or yeah. like you'll hear somebody like say something dumb back to you from the crowd, and they're like, "I'm I'm definitely adding that next time." Yeah. So it's like the little that happened stuff. at CBD. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so like you'll I got feel it. And I, I like leaned into my phone. I was like, "Mark that down." Yeah. So like, there's different things where like you're gonna do the same bits, but that's where I feel like if you're doing the same five and I can feel you working it out, it still feels kind of fresh. Yeah, exactly. Whereas if I feel you're doing the same five, and last week it didn't hit, and this week it didn't hit, and I, I can tell you your I know exactly list, who you're talking about. I know how you're setting it up. I know, I know exactly who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's just, it doesn't, ah, it doesn't mean that you're, I don't know, it's just, because I never feel like everyone can be funny. Every, yeah. If you're doing comedy, you're, you're, you can be funny. You felt confident enough to tell your, your jokes in front of people, but I just don't think you're that funny. The way I always word it is there are comedians and then there are people who do comedy. Yeah, I'd say it like that. Yeah, that's because it is one I of those, mean, it's just it's how one of those things. And I almost try to do like a riff on it on stage one time. Comedy is the one thing where like if you tell a joke one time, your friends are like you're a comedian. But it's not like if you do anything else, like if I surf one time, it's not your friends like, oh, you're a surfer now. Yeah. No, you're like you're just a guy who's learning how to surf. But everyone thinks like, oh, you t- went to an open mic, so you're a funny guy. You're a comedian. Yeah. It's like, it's not really. That's not how that works. It's not how it works. Well, and Baker, and I know the audience probably hates because I bring this up all the time, but Baker said it's like karaoke. There are some people who do it and take it super seriously and want to hone their craft at singing and b- get better at singing. And yeah. then there are people who get drunk with their friends and are like, hey, this will be fun. Let's go up there and fucking be silly. Yeah. And it's the same thing with, especially, I mean, obviously with open mics, it's the same thing. Yeah. And it's funny because there are people like you and uh, me and Zach and Marcus and all the, all of us who are like in the scene who are doing shows, who are like starting podcasts, who are like pushing and pushing and pushing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny because like I saw Zach at a show a couple weeks ago and I was like, oh, are you going up? Because there's just an open mic. And he goes, no, you're not going up. He goes, I don't have anything that I'm working on. So like, no. And I was like, that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like you don't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to be like, I'm going to go up there just because. Yeah, just because I'm entitled enough because. Yeah, it'd be one thing if there was like a big crowd and everyone's having a great time. You're like, fuck, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go out on this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh But if. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to. Maybe I could get this recorded. But if it's like, you know, six or seven people, everyone's kind of like the the room's kind of like, okay. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to. Why am I going to waste everyone's time? Like, I don't have anything new. Yeah. And that was the first time. And this was a couple weeks ago. But that was the first time when I thought like, oh, I can go to Mike's and not go up like just to go and hang out. 
out. Like if I don't have anything I desperately want to try or even anything I want to work on, like you said, even if it's old, but I want to work on it. I don't have to go up there and do the same set for the same, you know, 12 people. Yeah. You don't have to do. And it was so weird that I've been doing this on and off now for 11 years. And it took Zach being like, yeah, I don't have anything new. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) No, that's genius. (laughs) Yeah. I I have a weird like a museum analogy of like the reason I like going to the museum is because. It's not because the art changes. The, the museums is the same art the yeah. whole fucking time. But every time you go, you're a different person. Oh, like that's you're true. older. You're kind of seeing things there. You went through a breakup. You watch this new TV show. And that's what changes. So, like, you'll see somebody do the same bit. But, like, damn, I did get pulled over in traffic the other day. So, I'm really connecting with this shit yeah. now. Or, damn, I was drunk driving last night. So, him making that DUI thing. Damn, thank God. Like, yeah. it's just different ways that it hits, like, depending on where you're at in your life. To where, like, you could have had an argument with your boss, and you're like, I'm not really even trying to laugh tonight. I'm just going yeah. to this show. Or you just fucking hit the lot, like, hit a fucking scratch off. And I'm just feeling good, dude. I'm yeah. just kind of giggly right now. And that's just so, that's why it's so crazy is like, you don't, and I tell this about working in a restaurant. It's like, you don't know how that person's day is going. Like, so if someone comes in and they're just not going to laugh at a show, it's like, yeah, maybe like he got dragged out to the show with his friends or maybe he thought like I'm having such a shitty day. I want to go see something that's going to make me laugh. But he's going to look like an or he or she's going to look like an asshole to start. And then tomorrow and be like, dude, it was a funny show last yeah. night. But they look miserable. The How whole time. many times have we had people come up to us after shows that did not laugh? We thought hated it. And they're like, man, that was that was great. Hey, you're pretty good, man. It's yeah. Like, oh, shit. And it's like, like, what the what the what? Yeah. <laughs> Those are sometimes the best though when you're just kind of shooting your shit with your friends. And somebody and walks somebody, up. Yeah, hey, you were good, man. You saw that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm yeah, pretty good. Um, climbing balconies. Oh. Is this another? This is a bad one. This is one of the ones I'm not very proud of. This okay. is one of the times where I got like seriously arrested. Oh, so this kind of works for multiple. Yeah, things. this is All a multiple right. level. So this was in college. Um, it was drinking with some buddies. We went out clubbing. We we're supposed to go to an after party and kind of all the and all the apartment complex and fsu were like big like almost like compounds like there's yeah a bunch of like 20 buildings they're fucking four stories tall they're just kind of all of them are different names they're yeah fucking, they're just big is this at on campus or off campus off like down everything fsu is very close so yeah like, everything is like five minute drive from okay. campus but the club is like pretty close to campus we're going to this after party and i think i get there early or i get there late i was kind of drunk and i remember seeing a bike on a balcony that was on the ground level mm-hmm. and broke college kid. I was kind of just doing hot boy shit at the time anyway. Like I was just, <laughs> I was, yeah, I was college. So I, I, I remember jumping the balcony, grabbing shit. the bike, putting it in my car, taking it home. Oh, fucking shitty, man. Yeah, sh- shit bobs, just asshole shit. Took it home. I was like, okay, no one's really hit me up about this after. That was, I went to the place for the after party. Yeah. Nobody was there yet. I was like, bike. But it's all like five minutes away. Yeah, I was yeah. like, bike. All right, I'm just taking that home. Boom. Took it home. Got back to the place. So, waiting there. Nobody's hit me up still. I'm like, all right, fuck. I'm kind of drunk now. I look up, and there's another bike on the second story. Oh, no. Yeah. So there's oh, another bike on the second no. story, and I'm looking. I'm like, oh, fuck. Ding, ding, So, like, ding. I start climbing, get to the first one, climb up the balcony, when I get to the ledge to like get onto the second story balcony, I'm thinking like, how the fuck am I gonna get this bike down? And then like I start climbing down. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I get in my car and I pass out. Okay. And then I get a tap on the window from a cop who's like, Have you been climbing balconies? So it turns out I climbed this balcony 
and like the four roommates were just watching TV on the couch. So they saw and you. And they just saw me climb up the balcony, get up, look over, and then climb back down. But they called the cops. I'm like, yeah, he climbed down. And he's sitting in his car right now. Oh, my God. This took a different turn than I thought it was. It was so honestly, I, I completely forgot the fact that you said that you got arrested and got in trouble in this story. And when you're like, I climbed back down, I was like, oh, OK, so you stole one bike, you know. Right. That's a happy ending. And then Fair, I, yeah. I forgot about it. Don't get arrested. <laughs> So I so don't take that bike. They but climb, I get, oh, my God. They all see you. Yes. All what of them is saw this? me. Because you're an in-shape guy. So it's like, what is this? Yeah. This what is this black guy doing, black man doing outside of my window? And then just climb down and just pat, like, went in his car and he hasn't moved. They were just like, yeah, they said they were in your car. And I just woke up like, what the fuck are y'all talking? Like, I was drunk. I was like, what yeah. are y'all talking about? No. I wasn't climbing. I wasn't, I wasn't doing this. Like, like, no. And, like, deny, deny, deny. Counter-accuse. Yeah. You are climbing balconies. Got arrested. So what they what what did the cop do? It was I got arrested for trespassing of an easement or like for some if it's a covered space it's trespassing if you get on if they would have had a balcony that was open yeah I wouldn't have gotten in trouble because I didn't break their property line okay but since it was a covered space some technicality were like it was something different so okay like, I didn't take anything but I got caught for trespassing so I go to jail get arrested parents are called all this other shit why are your parents gonna, called. Because I need to get bailed out of jail. Oh, you called them. Yeah, I'm in jail. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, when I'm I, in jail. Right I, I understand that. You get one phone call. When call my parents. I got no. It's interesting you say that because my relationship with my parents is a little different. So when I got arrested, it was like, huh, this sucks. No, and I just when sat, I got a, yeah I when I got arrested, jail. all my friends were at the after party drunk. So I was yeah. like, I'm not calling them. Well, I I didn't have anybody. Yeah. I just didn't. I was just like, I guess I'm sitting here now because. It's one of those things where you don't have your cell phone, so you have to think of the numbers you remember. And nobody remembers numbers anymore. Exactly. And the only number I remembered was my mom's, but I was like, I have a great relationship with my mom, and I did at the time, but I was like, I don't want to call her about this. This is the one I want to use. And I'm not calling my dad. Like, I'm not. Like, him and I have, I've talked about it on the show. We we have a good relationship now, but we had a rocky relationship in the past, and I was like, looks like I'm sitting in jail. Looks like this is it. I love how you're like, my parents to get bailed out. (laughs) What are you talking? I'm not going to be. So, like, I I was like, oh, I didn't have that luxury. (laughs) I think I spent like a day and a half, two days in jail. I remember watching the All Star game, like the Heat versus the Celtics. I remember watching, not the All Star game, the playoffs, the NBA playoffs in jail. I remember like very distinct things of like, I'm never coming back here again. Yeah. Like, gave my food away, like all the other shit. I snuck like mail out for some guy. Like shouldn't have done that. Like just doing dumb stuff. But I remember when, when I you got don't home, know when you when I, the first time I was ever you're in jail. Kind of in the days and you're like yeah coming to same and, thing. People are just like hey can you do this and you just think like yeah I mean I guess yeah I'm sure whatever dude yeah so that was happening. But like I remember the funny part was me getting home from from being arrested and walking into my apartment and seeing the first bike I stole. And being like, I'm not even fucking arrested. For this. Oh my god! <laughs> like, it was like literally like I walked in through it and like ran back out the door. So, it was so like, did your parents have to come up to Tallahassee to get you out? Yeah, it was terrible. Oh, so you? Yeah, oh. that was that was one of the things. Like, I, I have dreads now, pissed. but like I had shoulder length dreads when I got arrested, and my mom was like, "Yeah, the dreads are gone. Like, you, there's no more. Like, you're not doing any of the hot boy shit anymore. Like, this is this, this, is, is, this over. is over. Yeah, this is god. over. So like, I had to cut my hair like. It was fucking. It was definitely like. Did a, you what ended up happening? Because you, it's obviously you were arrested. Then you. Were oh yeah, arrested. Like so what happened with court and everything? Went to court. Got. I think it was like guilty without adjudication or something. Yeah. Ended up bitten on probation. Ended up doing work camp or like yeah work camp. I had like seventy two hours of work camp, which is basically like you report, 
to like the jail, you go put on stripes and then you go do like yard work or yeah. manual labor or something for like 10 hours and you need to get to sucking like 70. I think I had like more than that because I remember doing it for like a long ass time. And I only did like twice a week or something. So they, okay, so they really came down on you. Yeah. This but, sounds like, like I got, it seems like, like how long were you on probation? A year. Fuck you! Dude, it was fucking brutal. I got less, I mean my fine was probably a lot higher, but I got less as far as like punishment, punishment for my second DUI. Oh, that's terrible to hear. But yeah, so, I got yeah, I just, as I said it, I was like, <laughs> I was like, they're right. The system is broken. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got fucked. And then that happened. I ended up like doing all my shit, finally getting it sealed, finally putting it behind me. But I remember like that being one of those, like, man, I really hope I don't have to tell my, the story to my kid. Like, this is one of those, like, God, not one of my brightest moments. Yeah. Like, well, and that's, that's so shitty because like I've, it's. Like, that just is fucking, like, you didn't even, I mean, technically you did something, but it's right. like. Man, Ernie was like, I, this is what I did. The bike in my fucking living room. Yeah. Which I ended up selling later just spitefully, like, I just got to get rid of this bitch, like, and sold it. Yeah. But, like, I was just like, this. I was just, I got greedy, and I went back, and then, yeah. Just, God. But that's, I mean, I could see it from both sides. Like, I'm sure those kids were like, there was a guy that was just, like, in our balcony, like, call the police. But I can also see it from, like. Yeah, he's drunk doing fucking hot boy shit. Like, leave him alone. Yeah. Like, chill the fuck out. Yeah, I didn't take it. I was like, oh, shit. But, yeah, that ended up going on. Damn, man. That's, almost that's kept excessive me from, punishment. Yeah, almost got me kicked out of school. Because, like, somehow like, they went. That was the issue. They went to FSU, too. Okay. So it got caught up in, like, the universities now, like, involved in this, like. Man, university has no business. It was, like, a involved. civil thing between us. And, like, now we couldn't have any classes together. And, like, you can't be seeing each other They pursued like, it like that? Yeah, and they're like, we might have to, like, not have you be at FSU anymore. I was like, what the fuck is happening? That's. Like, it, it got pretty serious before, like, it mellowed out. But it was pretty scary. Yeah, that's insane. That's like when you. I know I've made this reference before. Have you ever seen the movie Boondock Saints? Yeah. You know, um, they get into the bar fight and then the guys come to their apartment with guns and stuff. But it's like that line. It's like, it was a fucking bar fight. Like, yeah, like I was just climbing a balcony. Like, chill the fuck right, out. Like, this is not this serious. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Trying to get people expelled and shit. Well, speaking of FSU, you had college no weight on here. <laughs> what is that? Oh, so in college, we, me and my buddies, when we, freshman year, we kind of were like, dude, we're fucking loose. Yeah. We all live in Hot Jacksonville. Shit, yeah, man. we're going out there. We're going out every single night except for Monday, and we're fucking, we're playing FIFA and like eating Chef Boyardee on Monday and sleeping. Yeah. But like every other night, we went out. But like my thing was, I refused to wait in any line okay anywhere we ever went to okay like people knew me as like dean's gonna get in somehow yeah so like whenever we'd pull up we'd pregame He'll climb up fuck. a balcony if he has to so many plays just climbing over the fence to vip it got to where the point like i was going to place and they're like you can just come in because like <laughs> really? the, the bouncers could, like they would just be like dude you can just come in because like i would literally like there's a place pot bellies that's not there anymore in tallahassee but, like if you went there like pre-2014 like Pop Bell is like a prominent on campus like bar slash club. Yeah. F fucking jump in the bushes, climbing the second story balcony, going up like the like the where they keep the keg stairs. Like I figured out every single way to get into these places that Damn. like I just remember it being like a drunk pride. Like yeah. as soon as we started pregame and I was like, I'm gonna get drunk enough to I don't give a fuck. And I'm gonna get in this motherfucker. Yeah. And, like I always managed to get in. And like 30 minutes later, like my friends would walk up to the bar and be like, oh, what the fuck took you so long? Yeah. <laughs> So I'm assuming because it's a college town, like there were there would be massive lines. Yeah, everywhere. But that's the thing about like what I loved about Tallahassee 
is there's FSU, TCC, and FAMU. Yeah, I was going to say so FAMU. So the whole right place there. is kind of overrun by young people. Yeah. So, like, there's a young person bouncer, there's a young person bartender, there's a young person drink people. Like, everyone's kind of... It's not like there's adults that we're worried about. Yeah. Like everyone's kind it's of It's Neverland. Cool. Yeah, it's never. It's all, literally Neverland. All the adults are pirates. There's we no kill drinking pirates. Games. Like, you're freshmen at the bar. Like, that's there's a problem with that in general. Like, yeah. There's just, you can do whatever you want. So, uh, after a while, it's just kind of like, as long as no one's dying or overdosing, let's just, that's just kind of. Let's let it ride. Yeah. yeah. It's just, we're drinking, we're having fun. Like, eh, let him do his thing. Like, it was, it was talk. I mean, that was one of those things where, like, you had to get it out of your system to come back and be like, yeah, I'm glad I got it out of my system. Yeah, like the Rumspringer for uh, the Amish people. What is that? You know about Rumspringer? No. So when they're, I think, between 16 and 18, they get a sabbatical from the Amish community. It's called Rumspringer. And so you basically are allowed to go out into the world. I'm not looking any of this up, but this is just from <laughs> movies I've watched and things I've heard. But you're allowed to go out into the world and experience whatever you want to experience for a year or two. And then you have to decide if when you're you want 18 to, if you want to come back. If you want to come back. How often do they come back? I have no idea. <laughs> That's the real number. Yeah. That's the- I think it'd be like you're saying, like, especially because sometimes there's a documentary on this. Um, but they were talking about how, like, they'll be at the, the property line. They'll be like drug dealers and all sorts of people like, let's get them. Oh, as they're coming as out. As they're coming out. So I would assume if that's the case, it can go sideways real quick. As someone who's battled with addiction and stuff, I could yeah, see that especially going. especially being in a sheltered life. Yeah, I could see being... that going sideways real quick. So I'm sure some, I'm sure they come back. And, you know, it's family. Like, imagine if someone was like, yeah, you can leave, but you can never get to see your parents again. Right. Like, that'd yeah, be yeah. like. That'd be tough for you a 16 Don't come back on the weekends. Like, that's it. Yeah, You're it's done. not a 30-year-old who's lived their life. I'm like, yeah, I don't really need them. Yeah, it's like, I'm like, <laughs> I still kind of like my parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, there's like drug dealers and stuff that sit right on the property line, and it's it's fucked up. Mm. You know, dealing drugs can be kind of dangerous sometimes. <laughs> I like that. That's pro- that was good. That's professional. That was good. Um, you had uh, just stopped selling drugs as a note. Yeah, was and that you or it were was you? me in high school? I used to dean, like Dean Dean. Yeah. I'm like I said, I'm a life enthusiast, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, like we I said to open the show. Yeah, I, I feel like I'll try anything twice <laughs> just because once you never know. It could yeah. be a fluke, but like it's like a joke. You got to keep going. Yeah, it's but like I remember it was in high school. I went to Mandarin. There's a lot of like developing areas in Mandarin. So they're always building new apartment complexes. Yeah. And I remember finding a new apartment complex that was being developed but all the roads had been laid and all the plots had been cleared. Okay. So like you could go back there and kind of duck away and go through the woods a little bit. So like I'd been doing it for a couple of weeks. And I remember one time getting like four, maybe four or five of my buddies together. Like, Hey, we're going to go back in the woods and like smoke and chill and fuck yeah. around. And it was back when I was selling like c- kind of heavily for a high school kid. But like, I was kind of dumb about it cause I have it. I had a shoebox. It was a pair of Kobe's that I had. It was a shoebox and I called it my savage pack. Kobe. <laughs> and, I had like my a, savage pack. I had, yeah, it was weird. I had it written and sharpened on the other side, but I had like a bong scale, all my weight in there, all my fucking like pipe blunts. Is like, this just weed? Yeah, it was just weed at the time. Okay. Like they had, they had brought other stuff, but what I had in there was just weed at the time. So we went in there and I remember having a bunch of weed 
And I remember going into the back of the neighborhood where no one's supposed to be at. Yeah. And when I make this kind of blind turn, it's like you have to make a left and there's the cul-de-sac is what we're going to hang out at. And as I make the blind turn, the cop is facing at the cul-de-sac, facing the turn. Like, you can't turn around. Like, it's very obviously what you're doing. Yeah. So, like, I make the left and I'm like, that car's not supposed to be there. Boom. Like, turns his headlights on. So, it's like, okay, you see the yellows in between the whites. Yeah. That's not good. So like I'm like, all right, we kind of just gotta act like normal, act normal. You know, we're we're checking out the area, yeah, we're officer. Just, we're just thinking about buying, and then <laughs> so we make a U-turn. As soon as we turn our back to him, he flicks the lights on and pulls us over. Yeah, like back in the neighborhood. And I remember he pulled us all out of the car, and it was the cop from the school. So like oh, he kind of knew yeah. like kind of our faces around. And I remember he like ah, it was terrible. I had everything in the bag, and I remember he pulled everybody out. The car, I was like, the car smells like weed. We'd already kind of been smoking. We went back there to like do shit. Car smells like weed. Gets everybody out of the car. Puts everybody's hands on the hood, and it was kind of like a movie moment where like everyone's eyes are facing each other. Yeah, and everyone's kind of looking with their head down, trying not to make eye contact with the cop. And he goes, "So whose stuff is this?" And like everyone kind of like starts peeking up and like looking around, like, "Are we saying shit? Like, what's going on? Are we doing this? What are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> what are we like, doing? What are we doing? Fuck, oh, fuck. I don't and know. I, and I, I don't just, know. And I just remember driving like." It's mine. And, like, I remember it taking, oh, like... Oh, you a, took the bullet yeah, for everybody? Yeah, it was, like, kind of, like, it took a while. It was kind of, like, a little, like, silent moment where I was, like... Oh, it's a car ride home kind of thing. Yeah, it was definitely, took like... a minute. Yeah, it took a second. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember saying it's mine, and he pulls me out, and, like, kind of, we go to the back of the car, and I remember he tells, like, where is it? And I pull it out, and, like... Oh, so he didn't even find it? No. This was back when, like, he knew where we were. We had all been, like, hotboxing. It was very clear. Yeah. Like, and then but he, he recognized didn't have anything in no. his hand and he say, who is this? Anything. No. But you guys aren't looking. The context of the story is, like, he knows we smoke, and he's, like, yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. school officer. So like, he, he says, who, yeah, but so he says, whose is this? And you, you, you're just like, it's mine. Right, yeah, so I'm like, it's mine. We go to the back, and I end up getting the box out. And I remember opening the box, and I'm like, oh. It's not a box, Dean. It's a savage pack. It's a savage pack. <laughs> it's a savage pack. I remember him chuckling, being like... This is like I remember him just being like I remember him chuckling when I opened the box and be like oh this is bad like and I opened it he laughed at you did not this like laugh but like I remember him like opening it and him just being like just like I cannot believe this motherfucker this just, is, yeah <laughs> just this idiot just has it all in one spot yeah <laughs> just fucking open it a little pile of evidence <sighs> and I look at the thing and I look at him and he's like y'all know y'all are in so much trouble right and I'm just like yeah yeah and like. It was one of those turning moments because he, he, I realized that as it was happening, he was like, get the weed. And I was like, what? And he was like, get the weed. And like, I picked up the two bags and he was like, sprinkle it out over there. And like, he got me to sprinkle out like four ounces of just like pretty good nugs, just kind of just out into the yeah. grass. And I was just like, fuck. Okay, but I'm not getting in trouble right now. I'm just sprinkling weed. He can't go yeah. back and catch me for weed. This is good. It's like, I'm sprinkling the weed and like, I put the weed out and then he's like, all right, grab the bong. And like I, I grabbed it, and it was kind of like a hefty piece, like about the size of the shoebox. It fit okay. in there pretty snug. And I grabbed it, and he's, and I, I picked it up, and as soon as I cleared my like trunk, he just hit it with magalite, like bing, 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 like magalite. That like did it felt like just sugar glass. Really? Like it, it broke so easy. I remember like almost wanting to shed a tear how how easily it broke. It was like ching, ching, ching. That's not yours anymore. Bam. Like 200. I think I bought it like two days before at the flea market. So it was like okay. bing, bing, bing. $200 gone. Not like. Damn. Yeah, I was just like, that's gone. And I was like. I've been oh, hit with fuck. one of those mag lights. Oh, yeah, I was like, damn. Was, I remember thinking like, damn, that's a fucking legit they mag light. Yeah. yeah, they hurt. <laughs> and then they fucking, hurt like a bitch. Yeah. And then he's like, she's like, put the box on the ground. And he was like, stomp out the box. 
And I was like, not the savage. Pack. Yeah. And like, I remember like stepping on it. It's like, no, like stomp it out, like break the scale. And like, I remember like stomping on it. And then him, you were just kind of like trying to like, yeah, like eh, I'm going to come back. Like, I remember thinking as, as he broke the this. light, I was like, I'm not getting in trouble. I'm coming back. Yeah. So I remember putting the thing on the ground and kind of like stepping on it and be like, no, break the scale. And then he was like, I stepped on it like pretty hard. And then he like brought me back to the front and talked to everybody. He's like, guys, like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like, what are y'all doing back here? Like. Y'all, y'all can't be doing this. Like, and he like called out like some of the guys played on the basketball team. He was like, you, you play on the basketball team. Like, yeah, I know you're a good kid. Like, it, it was kind of just like random people. So he was like, dude, I know you guys. Y'all are good kids. Like, y'all can't, y'all can't be doing this shit. Dude, and, that's like, awesome that he cut you with that. Yeah, like, he cut us. Like, if it wouldn't have been the school officer and like knowing who we were, we I probably would have gotten in way more trouble. Yeah, but, like that was a spot. Well, that was, was your like, that would have been your life. Four yeah. ounces, you would have been away for twenty years. Yeah, that's why I remember being like, I'm not selling drugs anymore. I remember I continued to do drugs and have fun, but I was never the guy with weight yeah. ever again. Because I was always like the Look guy. Look at that. This is an inspirational story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's full circle. Full, full circle. circle. Yeah. All right. We're going to. I'm going to. We got to have you back because you had a couple more on there. But I want to end on that super bright. Awesome. Happy note. Awesome. See, not everyone's terrible. <laughs> I mean, the first cops were. With first the balcony cops were, situation. Oh, man. It's college, dude. They probably ran through kids like me. Yeah. Like FSU, Tallahassee cops, years of kids feeling like they're the. Like the yeah. big guy on you know campus, who I am. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. They probably were sick and tired of kids like me by then, dude. Oh man, but we ended on a good note. Yeah, we did. Done, was, selling this was fun, dude. I'm glad nice. you came on. Thank yeah. you so much, man. This was this was a lot of fun. This seemed like it. Sometimes I do episodes and I'm like, come on, like we're only at 20 minutes. This actually flew by. I did. Um, plug everything one more time. The podcast you got coming up. Any dates you have coming up? This will come out next week. So. Yeah. Um. The Relatables Podcast on Instagram. We'll be changing the branding, but always go to the Relatables Podcast. Dean Nimick on Instagram, D-E-A-N-N-I-M-O-C-K. And then Jerron Nimick on Facebook if you're over the age of 40. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing really going on on Facebook, but hit me up on Instagram. Nothing coming up yet, but with stuff opening and mics coming back out, definitely try to come out to some Jacksonville open mics. Hell yeah. Keep the year out for some showcases. It's going to be a fun year. Fuck yeah, it is. Um, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Again, you can follow me on all social media at Brennan T Comedy. Uh, check out the website, BrennanTComedy.com, for upcoming dates. Um, thank you just for listening, just for being a part of this. Subscribe, rate, and review. Tell your friends. You podcast more than I do. Did I hit all the notes? Of course you did. <laughs> Seamlessly. Thank you so much for coming on, Dean. And thank you, thank you all so much for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye.